This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on a beautiful but slightly sultry afternoon here in Johannesburg. Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Vayeshev. A warm welcome to our entire radio family joining us. It's going to be quite a quiet show after what we had last week. I hope you enjoyed that. It was quite amazing from from our side to kind of be you know shoulder to shoulder with one of the great names in in Jewish music who's really doing amazing amazing things in the in the Jewish in the Jewish community it was a once off with lots lots of fun but we're back to kind of the normal show which yeah also is nice uh, occasionally to have normal kind of shows also and of course it is the Shabbos immediately before Hanukkah in case no one has told you on Sunday night, we are going to be lighting the first Hanukkah candle. Can't believe how fast it uh, it comes around uh, again every every year. And uh, it's interesting this year because it's uh, quite quite a lot earlier in the uh, in the in the year than it often is. Usually, it happens kind of right in the middle of the of the holidays. And some people are used to celebrating Hanukkah already in in Cape Town. Well. This year it's going to be slightly, slightly different. It starts already on, uh, on, uh, on, on Sunday, Sunday night. Just a bit of an idea, perhaps, to to tie uh, a couple of things together: the Parsha and and maybe maybe Hanukkah. You know, one of the most popular wishes that we wish people when we see them, when there's a when there's an occasion, when there's a special birthday or a or a or a yard site, we wish them Admeya ve'esim shona. That uh, they should, that you live to be 120 years old. So I mean, there's always been a bit of a, a of a difficulty with this. I mean, uh, when was the last time you actually heard of someone living until that uh, that age? I mean, the fact that it doesn't really happen is uh, pretty indicative that way before one even gets near 120 years old. So the the aging process has already uh, kind of severely taken its toll on all of the of the human of the human systems of of the body. And uh yeah, once we stop and actually think about this thought, so then you really need to uh you really need to perhaps react when when someone says to you uh you know uh uh, I wish you were 120. So maybe the response is, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not actually sure. That's such a great, uh, that's such a great, uh, bracha because, you know, as you get to that, to that age, uh, one doesn't necessarily know what kind of, uh, uh, quality of life one has. You know, there might be home care or in a, in a, uh, in a old age home or, you know, Add another sort of uh, 10, 15 years, you know, when a person gets even past uh, 100 or 110. So uh, it, it, it might, uh, those, those reclining, declining years might not necessarily even be a, uh, a, a, a blessing. Who knows what one might end up hooked up to. So what, what really is, what really is the meaning and the, and, and the, you know, we're, we're giving, we're benching people, we're giving people a, a bracha. Using this and, and a bracha has to be something meaningful. Has to be something that that really is is intended to galvanize a person and and give a person a hope and an aspiration. What do we really mean when we say ad 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 So the reality is that there there are two kinds of fire 
in 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 this world. I guess what we'd call an earthly fire and a shemaim a heavenly kind of a, a, a fire. The definition of earthly fire is that it consumes things as it as it burns. In other words, because the the consumption of all physical material that is the fuel that that makes the fire uh, makes the fire burn. The the human body possesses a kind of an earthly fire, you know, inside the body that burns food, and uh, that's what we call uh, a metabolism, right? Metabolism is in fact the all the different uh, chemical reactions that uh, that happen inside your body every single moment, twenty four seven, three sixty five, that that keep a person alive. It's it's the food you eat that's being turned into into energy and that uh, energy being burnt to you know help your body to help uh, everything to help your your hair grow your 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 heart uh, beat your liver to continue to produce uh, bile and stuff like that your lungs you know uh, uh, transporting oxygen into the bloodstream all the things that happen happen because energy is being is being burnt you know, without without eating, without uh, taking food into one's body, so that earthly fire would then begin eating the muscle and 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 the bone and the whole body, which eventually will lead to a person uh, uh, dying. Right uh, before Admoration did the chait of the Eitzadas, so you didn't even need to eat. One was sustained with a with a ruchni with a heavenly fire that uh, completely connected the physicality, the body, and, and the neshama. Eating wasn't even necessary because that ruchni fire sustained the person and, and, and nurtured Adam Rishon. After the, the chait that Adam Rishon created, so then uh, we, have to, we have to maintain the connection Ourselves by, by 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 keeping body and soul together, literally with with food. Otherwise, that that earthly fire that now that now runs us and governs us will will consume the body and and eventually destroy destroy itself. Now, in 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 contrast to the earthly fire is is this spiritual fire which doesn't need any fuel to burn. Right, a, a heavenly fire. When was the first time we saw such a heavenly fire? Was uh, we'll see it in a couple of weeks when we get to Pasha Shmois, and Moshe Rabbeinu goes to, uh, he's leading his sheep, and he goes Achar Hamidbar, and he comes and he sees the by He sees a a bush that's ablaze, that's burning, and the bush is not being consumed. So this is the first revelation of the Torah at a place which was the place where the Torah was eventually going to be given at Mount Sinai. So it appeared to Moshe Rabbeinu in the form of this kind of a heavenly fire. What was the point of it? Well, what was this image teaching Moshe Rabbeinu? It was to teach Moshe Rabbeinu that unlike any kind of earthly fire that consumes... The very nature of a heavenly fire is that it's, it sustains, it supports, it energizes, 
and 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 uh, keeps a person going, and in fact uh, enlightens even a a, a a person. There's a sefer like Emkos called the uh, a sefer called Oriv Yishi, where he kind of uh, elaborates a bit on this uh, on this thought. He says that Hakadosh Baruch was was conveying to Moshe Rabbeinu that just like the heavenly fire doesn't require so food to exist. So Hashem was telling Moshe Rabbeinu that you also don't need actual food to to exist because you are going to become so totally one with the Torah. You're going to be so connected to the Torah that you don't need <coughs> a physical fire to, to keep you going. In fact, the Pasuk says that Moshe Rabbeinu spent 40 days and 40 nights, and in fact, three times he did it. He spent 40 days and 40 nights, a total of 120 days on, on Mount Sinai. And it says, Lechem all that time, he didn't eat anything, he didn't, uh, he didn't, uh, drink anything for 120 days, which on one level corresponds to the 120 years that Moshe Rabbeinu lived. In fact, the numerical value of the Gematria, of the word hasneh is also 120, which means that the, 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 the way Moshe Ben lived his life, the quality of his life was mamish like this burning bush, like this lasneh. Uh, From his very, very first contact with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he continued all the time to, to kind of infuse himself with, with the energy, with the, with the spirituality of that fire which was the very reason <coughs> why his body didn't actually age. We read at the very, very end of Moshe Rabbeinu's life in Pashat Fayelach, when he was at the age of 120, it says, his, his, uh, his, his vision was perfect. His, he, was, he was like a young, he was like a young, uh, a young man. And uh, that is, uh, yeah, that's an amazing, amazing thing. The same is true about uh, Elio Hanavi. Elio Hanavi also didn't die, right? Uh, and he also went up with his body to Shemaim because it was a complete fusion between the physical and the and the spiritual, which which meant that it sustained itself. And in fact, uh, the gematria of Elio Hanavi is also, in fact, one hundred and uh, one hundred and twenty. Right, so he also had that life, just like the 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 uh, the sne. Uh, Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai also lived to be 120 years, and the Gemara, in fact, in the fourth parak of Brachas and Davchav Ches, uh, tells a story where his Talmidim come to visit him, and they cry. He's crying, and they they call him amazing, beautiful titles. They call him Ner Yisrael. Right, the Amud Haimini, the candle of Israel, the the right pillar, and Patisha Chazak, the strong, the strong uh, 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 hanger. Amud is as a pillar; it's what, what sustains the whole world. And the Gemachi of Amud is also a hundred and and uh, and and twenty. Uh, Yemini too. Yemini also has the same has the same uh, uh, Gemachi, and you'll never you'll never guess the word Hachazak also equals. 120. He's the, he's the, he's the, the, the real nair. He's the, the, the fire, the energy, the spiritual fire that, uh, that, uh, that shines, 
you know, from, from that, from that snare entity, from the entity that somewhere there's a complete and total fusion of spirituality and, uh, and, uh, and, and physicality. And, uh, you know, that was, that was his, that was his, uh, complete because of uh, his complete life. And that's why he was the greatest of, of the, uh, of the, uh, of the Chachamim. Uh, in fact, it was Rav Yechonim Zakai who, uh, in his negotiation with the Roman Emperor, actually uh, secured the uh, the the city of Yavne that it wouldn't be destroyed with all of its chachamim. Because of which, the, the because of them, the learning of Torah is still is still vibrant, is still uh, really flourishing to uh, today. This this well, this quality of sne of a hundred and twenty symbolizes something or someone who is really eternal and 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 you know doesn't wither at uh, at uh, at all interesting there's another place in the Torah where the word sneh is also mentioned and that's where it connects it and that's with the the bracha that that uh, Moshe Benu gives to Yosef in in Pashas the Zaysa bracha it says uh uh and it's the will of the one who dwells in the snare to voice Yosef. Yosef. Right? The, the, the apostle is telling us that, uh, uh, Yosef's land should, should be blessed from the will of Akarish Baruch who appeared to Moshe in the snare. So that's how Rashi under, understands it. And the question is, what, is there a connection then between the benching of, of, of Yosef and the, the revelation of Hashem to Moshe Rabbeinu in, in the snare. So it's a good question. We're going to come back and answer it in one moment, but we need to take an ad break. First, please keep on listening. Please don't run away. This is 11.9 Chai FM on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 11.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul on your radio on a Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg, South Africa, as we always do at this time in the program to give you the important details for this coming Shabbos. Uh, the standard Johannesburg candlelighting time has been reached, which is quarter past six. Most killers, most communities start the Shabbos at that time. The actual latest time for uh, benching lift for lighting the shabbat candles today is 27 minutes past past six. But just be careful if your if your community accepts shabbos earlier at 6:15, then you really need to get in line and do it do it the way the way uh, they do it. Uh, shabbos kodesh ends tomorrow night at 21 minutes past seven seven twenty one. The shabbos is like gloriously long, and uh, just just enjoy it. And again, of course, it's uh, it is also. Shabbos Mavorchim, uh, Rosh Chodesh will be next Shabbat and, and Sunday. So it's like, uh, next, next Shabbos is a, is a triple header. It's, uh, Shabbos Hanukkah and also Shabbos, uh, Rosh Chodesh will take our three, three Sephardim then. So this week then is, is Shabbos Mavorchim with all that's attached to it. Then of course the, the Shabbos before Hanukkah is always a very, very special Shabbos. It's, it's full already, already, uh, is gleaning from the, from the great light, from the great, uh, <clears throat> glory that Hanukkah is all, is all about. But let's just finish for a moment talking about Moshe Rabbeinu and Yosef and the connection 
of the of the one hundred and twenty, which is that that desire, that that wish. It's, it's it's acquiring a whole different light now. When we wish someone to be Admevaesum, we mean that he should acquire that quality of always regenerating himself or always being uh, uh, being generated and run by a heavenly fire where his connection to Yiddishkeit and his connection to Judaism, his connection to, to Torah should continue to be, be strong and never and never wither. And that's that really is the is the one hundred and 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 uh and, and twenty. Uh yeah, right. So, so there is in fact a a relation, a very interesting relationship between Yosef also and the Sne. And he says it comes from Yosef's wife, Yosef's wife, whose name is Osnas, where the root of that word is in fact Sne. In fact, Rabbeinu Bechaye says that uh, the Medrash tells us that after Osnas was born from the the union. Uh, between Dina, his daughter, and and Shechem, so Yaakov actually chased her away from his house and and placed her by a snap, placed her by a bush, which is why she was called uh, Osnas. Secondly, Yosef himself was actually supposed to have lived a hundred and twenty years. That was his original lifespan, but he lost ten years because. In the negotiation with his brothers uh, over, over bring Binyamin down, so the the brothers of Yosef ten different times called uh, Yosef called Yaakov Avdacha, speaking in differential term to to Yosef the ruler. They called Yosef his father Avdacha, and Yosef never never uh, uh, protested. So that's why he actually died at. Uh, at 110 instead of at 100, uh, 100 and, uh, and, and, and 20. So we therefore, in fact, see that Yosef, like Moshe Rabbeinu, possess this quality of, of hasneh, of the, of the 120, which in fact describes the, the ruchini fire, the heavenly fire of the Torah that, that's nourished, that's kept them both completely, completely, uh, uh, connected. Right? Uh, they got it for different reasons. Yosef received this snella quality because he overcame his uh, his yetzar with the test of of Potiphar's wife, who who wanted to uh, who wanted to uh, 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 seduce him. And the yetzar, of course, is 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 ash. It's 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 the fire that tries to that tries to burn a person. And when he was able to uh, when he was able to. Uh, Overcome that, then then he received this this quality. So the next time you talk or wish someone that amazing bracha of biz hundred and zwanzig, you don't necessarily mean that he should live that physical age, but he should live a life of one hundred and twenty of hasne, a life where there's complete uh, uh, harmony between the the ruchni wants of the body and the physical wants of the body, and it's the, in fact the greatest bracha you can give you can give a uh, a, a person. Because there's just we for Hanukkah maybe just a quick uh, uh, revision of of some of the laws that are relevant to to Hanukkah because uh, it's important to uh, to know to know uh, what what uh, what to do. So the uh, Chazal instituted the obligation to light the candles on the eight days of Hanukkah 
because, as the Gemara says, these were the days that the, the Yin celebrated and thanked HaKadosh Baruch Hu for helping them uh, be victorious over the over the Avonim, over the great Greek Omri, and where they emancipated uh, Yerushalayim, and they were able to again to repurify and rebegin the the service in the uh, in the base Hamidrash and the base Hamikdash, and uh, obviously the miracle was that the one cruise of oil that they found uh, uh, miraculously burnt for the eight for the eight days, and even though the reality is that <coughs> obviously the the whole basis of Hanukkah. And the obligation of lighting candles is only a rabbinic obligation, because obviously the story happened quite a number of, of years after uh, after Yitzhak Metzaman. In fact, I think it was the year uh, three seven nine one or or something something like that. Uh, right. So, nevertheless, even though it's rabbinic, but so we can make a bracha. We can say the same bracha of Asher Kiddushana b'Mitzvahs of its one who who uh, made us holy. And commanded us to light the, the Shabbos candles. And even though usually the word sivoy command would be something that is based on a Torah, uh, a command. So therefore, how can we say that Sivanu over here? So the answer is that one of the mitzvot in, in the Torah is that we are required, we are duty bound to listen to and, and observe everything that we're told to, that we're commanded to do by our, our sages, by our uh, our rabbis, right? Where it says uh, 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 you can't deviate from everything they tell you, and then it says binu uh, Understand, right? What happened? Shalavicha, ask your father, ask your elders, and uh, and do what what they instruct us to to do. And in order to to remember and to publicize the uh, the miracle that Hashem did with us during the uh, during that time, so there's a standing uh, instruction from our our rabbis to light the the Hanukkah candles during all the days of of uh, of Hanukkah. Women are as obligated in the mitzvah as as men, even though as men, even though it is a time bound mitzvah only lasts for the eight days, and generally women are exempt from time bound mitzvahs. Nevertheless. Since, where it says, since the danger and the assimilation that the Greeks wanted to, wanted to, uh, uh place upon the Jews, uh, were, was, uh, uh, you know, something that was going to affect the women as well as the, as the, uh, as the men. Therefore, they too are obligated in the, in the, uh, mitzvah. But the custom is that a married woman fulfills her obligation with her husband, uh, with her husband uh, 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 lighting. Okay, we're going to come back and have our last segment in a moment. It's time for a little business. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. Keep on listening. This, this is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, we're back on your radio here in Johannesburg, just giving a little bit of overview to some of the laws of Hanukkah. And because the, the uh, main purpose of all that we do, the lighting of the candles, is to publicize the the miracle and let everyone know about it. So, therefore, all the laws that govern the time and the place where we uh, where we light 
are governed to maximize that uh, that publicity. That's why we light the candles either by a front door or by a window which is visible in the public space so that the people that walk on the street will see the uh, the candles that we've uh, that we've uh, lit and again we do it obviously at night because a candle during the day isn't all that effective uh, uh, different uh, opinions as to when exactly we light some people will light at exactly at sunset uh, uh, the prevailing custom in in Johannesburg is to wait later almost when it's uh, completely night we we light the uh, the the candles because uh, the, the truth is that uh, even just in a, in a moral idea that the uh, the Greeks uh, wanted to uh, wanted to uh, make darkness and and the candles you know that with the light of the Torah lit everything uh, lit everything up for for uh, for us in in that uh, in that way and uh, that's something quite uh, quite amazing that uh, that we undergo on. Uh, on on uh, on Pesach, um, on i sorry, on, on Hanukkah. Sorry, I was distracted. Um, right. So so everything everything revolves around that uh, that uh, that mitzvah, and every single house has to have a a uh, a mezuzah person, even even if you can't afford the uh, basic amount of. Uh, of, of money to buy candles needs actually to sell his uh, sell his uh, objects sell his possessions in order to to uh, to acquire neiras neiras Hanukkah and we do it again as we said uh, at night because we want it to be at a time when there are still people on the on on the streets that people will will uh, will see it if it's impossible for them to see it you have a big wall then obviously. Uh, we're precluded from doing the publicity to the outside world, so then we do it in a place where the family will see it. So that at least there's the publicity taking place within the uh, within the, uh, the the families. Now, there's a special special love that Chazal have infused into this uh, into the mitzvah of lighting candles because usually uh, we're where we have mitzvahs, so we have two levels where there's the basic obligation of how you can do the mitzvah and fulfill your obligation. And then there are you know, people who want to do it better, want to do it more perfectly, want to do it with, with the extra, extra, uh, dimensions of, of, of beauty. They're, they're certainly allowed to do it by, by the nearest Hanukkah. So we have three different levels. We have the basic, basic, uh, obligation. We have one level higher, and then we have the deluxe, deluxe way of doing the uh, the, the mitzvah. And and the reality is that all of the Jewish nation has accepted upon himself to fulfill the mitzvah of Hanukkah in the creme de deluxe, the best the best way possible. And the just to explain that the basic obligation would be to light one candle in every single household. Of, of on each night of Hanukkah, and that already that candle would then remind us and publicize the miracle of Hanukkah. The second level would be to light one candle every night for each member of the family, every adult member of the family. For example, if there were four people living in the house, so then every night we would light four 
four candles. And then again, we would, uh, we would be publicizing a miracle and make a demonstration that every person in the house is participating in, in the, in the, in the mitzvah of publicizing this miracle. The, the highest level, the Mahajan Mahajan level, where we light according to the number of people in the house and also according to the number of days that have gone by. And Hanukkah, in fact, this in itself is a argument uh, between Beit Shammai and Beit Tila. Beit Shammai says we start with eight and work in our way down, while Beit uh, Tila says is, uh, we start with one and, uh, and work our way, our way, uh, our way up. Um, different reasons behind them. That's an interesting discussion in itself. Why Beit Shammai holds what he holds and why Beit Hillel holds what, uh, what, uh, what he has. Uh, so therefore it comes out that over the eight days, we, we each person lights, lights 44, lights 44, uh, 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 candles. And that, uh, and that shows the, you know, tremendous enormity. Cause remember that if they lit the candles, that was supposed to burn one day. So each day as it burned longer, the, the miracle became, became, uh, even, even greater. And as I said, the whole nation does paskins like Basilo and does it that, uh, that, uh, that way. So that, uh, yeah, we have the 36 candles that we light over the eight, over the eight days. We also light one additional candle so that we can facilitate the actual lighting. And number two, that's, because one of the laws of the menorah is that we're not allowed to benefit from it, and therefore we have an extra candle so that if a person should but perchance have benefit, we can always say that he's actually benefiting from the extra candle, not from the statutory candles that he's lighting on on the uh, on, on the night. A lot more to say, obviously. It's a beautiful, beautiful chag. Maybe we'll talk next week a little about, specifically about some of the laws that apply to Shabbat and, and Hanukkah because it does get a little bit more complicated uh, uh, then. In the meantime, let me just take the opportunity of wishing each and every one of you a beautiful, beautiful uh, Shabbat, Shabbat Pashas Vayeshev, and then we move right of sort of from there into, you know, we're in the, we're in the Hanukkah weekend, we move into a Hanukkah, and you should all have a Freilich and Hanukkah, a beautiful Hanukkah, take time to sit by the menorah and, and read about it and think about what, what happened, and, and uh, as we said, uh, uh, the the it's about dedicating ourselves to that holy fire to that to that uh, heavenly snare type attitude where you really want to become close to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The Hanukkah is all about the learning of Torah and attaching ourselves particularly to the oral to the oral Torah, which which uh, make you know galvanizes our mind and and moves us and 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 develops us. So let's take that opportunity and not and not waste that time. Anyway. The time runs away, so let me just wish you all, every single one of you and your families, a beautiful good chance.